The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. Welcome to Cast of Strong Style. I'm your host, Don DeLorente, and I'm joined by my co-host once again, Mr. Anwar Starwin. What's going on, Anwar? What up, Don? What up, all you people who are listening to this right now? I know you're enjoying yourself in the country. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Thank you once again for coming in to Cast of Strong Style, here where we talk about all things New Japan Pro Wrestling. Cast of Strong Style is a part of the WrestleCast Network. You can subscribe to Cast of Strong Style two ways. Do a search for Cast of Strong Style and, and uh, subscribe that way. Or you can also get the Cast of Strong Style show through the WrestleCast feed. All you have to do is subscribe to the WrestleCast dash the CSPN. Click on the logo that has the new day holding the WrestleCast sign and you'll get Cast of Strong Style in your podcast catcher every time we release a new episode. So we just are coming off of Power Struggle 2020, our last big card before the Tokyo Dome, January 4th and 5th. So this is the last chance for uh, jockeying for position to try to get into that main event of the Tokyo Dome uh, for some guys. Uh, championship matches took place on this as well. So we'll get right into it as Yano took on Zack Sabre Jr., for the King of Pro Wrestling Trophy, uh, if you remember, the King of Pro Wrestling Trophy means that every match will have a stipulation. The stipulation for the match between Yano and Zack Sabre Jr. is that none of the corners will have their pads. So um, it's very funny to start the match off. <laughs> it's like they're taking... Usually Zack Sabre Jr. would always put them back on whenever Toriano took them off before the match. But they switched it up where Toriano was trying to put them back on so he could just take them back off himself. Uh, so Ooh. Zack Sabre Jr. and Yano have a great little comic chemistry there. Um, so the match, you know, devolves into more of a wrestling match than you would have thought. Uh, want too many shenanigans from Yano, but the shenanigans took place here at the end. While locked in a submission on the guardrail, Yano tied Zack Sabre Jr.'s shoelaces together through the guardrail. Zack Sabre Jr., of course, couldn't free himself from the guardrail. Yano slides back in, beats the 20 count, and he wins via countout and retains the King of Pro Wrestling trophy. What did you think of it? Because, like, I'm going to keep it real with you. I never went back to watch that match because even in the build for it, I had no interest in watching it. So I, like, uh, I just want to hear your thing. I enjoyed it because, like I said, I really like Yano and Zack Sabre Jr.'s chemistry because, you know, Yano is a really a real good amateur wrestler when he wants to be. And Zack Sabre Jr. can bring that out of him. And Yano shows you some things that he doesn't really show you often. And then the finish is just classic Yano. Um, and Zack Sabre Jr. with this look like I can't believe I fell for this bullshit. <laughs> and, and he could and like what was so funny was he tied the knot so tight that Zach Sabre Jr. couldn't just free himself. So he was sitting out there tied to this guardrail, just laying down, just looking around, holding his head like, are you serious? They literally had to come get some scissors and, and cut his shoelaces to get him out of the oh, guardrail. <laughs> yeah, then he was so pissed, he started beating up the young boys just because, you know, somebody had to 
uh, feel the uh, frustration. But yeah, man, it just continues. Uh, you know, Yano's run that he's been on with this King of Pro Wrestling trophy. Uh, good stuff. I enjoyed it. It's a good way to kick it off, you know, because the next match was the exact opposite of that, where we had Minoru Suzuki defending his never open weight title against Shingo Takagi. Shingo countered the Got Style Pile Driver and followed up with a series of clotheslines. Then Shingo got the win to be- to regain his never open weight title with the last of the dragon. And uh, he proved to Minoru Suzuki that he ain't his young boy because Minoru Suzuki was being real disrespectful leading up to this match using the Boston Crab on Shingo, basically uh, talking to him and treating him like, hey, man, compared to me, you ain't nothing but a young boy, and that's how I'm going to treat you when we get in this ring. Mm, yeah, I liked I like that element. I like how like um, Shingo sold the, the back injury and for, showed that he had enough guts to pull it out in the end. Because honestly, at times watching this match, I'm like, how the fuck is Suzuki going to lose this match? It looked like he was in control, and but like Shingo just hanged in there and, and it pulled it out in the end. Surprisingly, I, so I, I enjoyed it. I like the, the the injury element that that was in this match versus the other two matches where they were just beating the shit out of each other. They were beating each other out of each other too in this match, but it had more like. I don't know, like, I just like the selling and that element of it. Like, how do you adapt to, like, what's going on around you when you're not at your perfect, like, potential physically? Right. And I like that. I like how, like, how Shingo sells. So, yeah, I, I it was one of my favorite card matches on the card. Yeah, it was definitely a banger. Um, it's always a banger alert when uh, Shingo Takagi and, and um, Minoru Suzuki get together. Next yep. match that we won't spend a lot of time on, uh, just Really, not for the match, but for the post match. Uh, the great Okan versus Okada. Okada got the win with the money clip. Um, everything here was just a setup for the post match. Um, Will Ospreay came out with the great Okan. Uh, basically, he's kind of morphed into the British Ric Flair. Uh, he's wearing a three piece suit. He's got the Rolex. He's got the bottle of champagne out there. Uh, a cross between maybe Nick Botwinkle and Ric Flair. And uh, so after the match, Will Ospreay gets into the ring to confront Okada. He said that he used him to get popular and can't become the best in the world by standing side by side with Okada. He wants to end his career. And uh, he challenges him to a match at Wrestle Kingdom, and Okada accepts. But the whole time, Will Ospreay is like, Yeah, he was like, me turning on you, look what it's brought me. I'm out here wearing a 3,000-pound suit. I got on this Rolex watch that costs 1,500 pounds. I'm sipping the best champagne. I've got the best-looking woman. So it's like, dang, he just transitioned to a British Ric Flair on me. Man, I just tuned out that shit for <laughs> like, um, I wasn't here for you. like, man, it's just like, well, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Nobody here trying to hear your broke ass flair cosplay rendition. <laughs> like, do better, my nigga. Like, like you you can do better. Like, that's what happens when you just create a character and just do one zero to one eighty. Yeah. Like, like, come on, man. How much time did you come up with this shit? Cause you need to go back to the drawing board, bro. We buried WWE booking, but that damn, that was whack. <laughs> Fuck out of here. Next match. That leads us to the ace, Tanahashi versus Kenta. This is for the IWGP United States Heavyweight Title Number One Contenders Briefcase. Um, 
this was actually a very hard-hitting, very good match. Tanahashi was in control for a lot of the match, but uh, Kenta regained control. He hit him with a stiff-looking double stomp off the top. Kenta, surprisingly, without any Bullet Club interference, locked in the game over onto Tanahashi, kept wrenching back on it, and the ace had to tap out, and Kenta got the win clean in the middle over Tanahashi. This was my favorite match on the card. It was just... I loved how Kendall was fucking with Tanahashi at the start of the match with his hair and even doing, like, the guitar joint, which pissed off Tana, and he came back and went after him. And <laughs> the fact that he beat Tanahashi not only is one thing, but he got Tanahashi to make a verbally tap out. That is fucking huge. Yeah. Like... Like very, he's man getting a win off of Tanahashi's big, even as he's moving down the card. But to get him to make a verbal tap out is just man, that's that's fucking awesome for Kenna. And the post match like commentary promo is a must watch. You should go look at look look for it because it's like he talked about where he was and at how he was at his lowest in WWE, and then. How did compare to where he is right now? I can't do that promo like justice. So you should look at like, yeah, man. I was I was like hoping this match would be good, and it proved to be one of my favorite things about Power Struggle. So I'm very high on this match. So it was really good. Yeah. So in actuality, now it's set up for Kenta to face Moxley at the Dome for this United States Heavyweight Title that nobody's seen in ten months. Uh, since the pandemic <laughs> started and Moxley won it from Zack Sabre Jr. So um, this is going to be a, a very interesting um, deal. Is Moxley going to be able to come over, defend the title? Or are they going to just have like a maybe like a one night mini tournament during the two days of the uh, Wrestle Kingdom show or maybe a two day tournament where Moxley can't defend the title so they officially strip him um uh, there's a lot of moving parts going on with that united states title i look at kendall with their briefcases he's basically just the inner champion right now so <laughs> okay kind of like in, in what like, kind of like in ufc when someone's hurt but they're right. the champion right but the next challenger up is becomes the like interim champion or something right. like that right I just look at like kendall the the inter- cha- interim champion right now so yeah okay now that leads us to Kota Ibushi versus Jay White for the G1 Climax briefcase. Now, of course, we've got Gato out there. We've got some heel tactics spraying being uh, issued, but Kota Ibushi seems to be able to thwart uh, Jay White and Gato at every turn. So Jay White had to go old school. He used a backslide. And he put his feet on the ropes and he pinned Kota Abushi and won the G1 Climax briefcase. It's the first time in 16 defenses that the briefcase has been lost at Power Stroke. They had to do it at some point. 2020 is the best year to do it because it fits into where all the world is pure fucking fuckery. And it fits in what's going in the New Japan. A lot of crazy shit in a little bit of time. It works on that element. And I 
fucking hated it. I was mad and shit. I was because so Because you know why I was mad and shit because you know who I support. Yeah. Like, I love Jay. He's one of my favorites. I was like, God damn it, you always doing shit to Ubushi. It's fucking him up in the book. <laughs> I rathered Ubushi, like, not even win the G1. Just, man, couldn't it be a different way where we got here where you want to do two dome shows? But it's just like, man, it ain't even like Coda, like, dominated when he won the G1, too. So it's like. Man, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just like, come on, dog. Like, yeah, bro. I was totally shocked. I, I felt like Rocky Romero after the match. It was just like, I got to get refocused to watch the championship, the 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 main event now because I did not expect that to happen. It's like, you know, uh, yeah, I've seen this happen. This this briefcase, you know, match happened the past two or three years, and it's, it's usually a good match. But you know, the guy with the briefcase is gonna win because they don't want to mess up such a you know, highly anticipated main event for the Dome, but nope, Jay White. And the way that this has been progressing with Kota Ibushi and Jay White the past, like, year, I guess I should have seen it coming. Yeah, he's beating, he's beating um, Kota all year. Mm-hmm. Every single match they had, he's beating Kota. Yeah, that's that's that, and I started to reflect on that, and was like, you know what? I don't think Kota Bushi's beating Jay White at all in any of the matches they've had this year. And uh, nope, yeah, on three this year. Yeah. So, so I like the match. It was it was oh, pretty yeah. good, and I it like how I I, 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 I I like how Jay uses his feet and got the roll up win because that's very smart. So I like the match. It's probably my third favorite match on the short card. So. That's pretty good. Yeah, it was a fun match. Kota Bushi has been lights out uh, second half of the year as far as in-ring goes, man. He's put on some bangers after. I mean, even the run with the tag team titles, he had some bangers uh, there with the Dangerous Techers, him and Tanahashi, and then he transitioned that uh, right into, you know, the G1 season. So, you know, Kota Bushi's been killing it. But, yeah, this was definitely a shocker. Not quite the shocker in Osaka, but <laughs> definitely um, a shock to me. I did not expect Kota Bushi to lose his main event spot for Wrestle Kingdom. Then that brings us to the main event of the evening. Naito defending the IWGP Heavyweight and Intercontinental Championships against Evil. Of course, Dick Togo got involved following one of the Destinos. Um and then uh, our man uh, Yujiro comes down. Him and Dick Togo are working over uh, Naito while Jay White has, I mean, Evil has the ref uh, distracted. And then all of a sudden, literally, a white knight comes running down the aisle in the form of Sonata. He takes care of both Dick Togo and uh, Yujiro. So we've got things back on even ground. It looks like uh, Naito is about to once and for all get the win. And that's when Jay White comes out. Jay White, both men are down. He goes over to Evil. He yokes up Evil. It looks like he's going to give Evil the switchblade. But no, he stands him up, puts him in the corner. Goes over to get uh, involved with Naito. And that's when Kota Ibushi comes down to stop Jay White from interfering in the match. That would eventually lead to Naito hitting his two Destinos and to retain the IWGP Heavyweight and Intercontinental Championships. Okay. um, Taking out all the bullshit, 
just focusing on the match itself, how did you feel about like just the the match elements of it? Probably the best match they've actually had against each other out of the three that they've had recently. I thought this one was much crisper. I thought that Naito was more aggressive. I thought Evil came to match him. And before they, you know, started doing the shenanigans, I thought it was a very strong match. I'm I'm with you. Now, adding all the other bullshit, how did you look at the match? Uh, it's like, wow, they got a lot of, you know, got really convoluted here at the end. Um, basically having two separate run-ins and two separate saves. Um, it was cool to see uh, Sonata, though, and that, that cocaine white, though. It's like, damn, Sonata out here clean. <laughs> Sonata, I think someone, somebody, like, posted that those shoes are, like, $945. <laughs> like, Sonata do not fucking play, bro. Like, y'all need to. Y'all need to understand, Sonata is a style guy, and this man, that man be dressing clean as shit when he want to. I don't know who was dressed clean. I think you. I think he's still a fashion model too on the low. I think so. So who, who was cleaner? It, it makes sense. Who was who was dressed more sharply in your estimation, uh, Sonata or Ricky Starks? Because Ricky Starks had a clean I, I, outfit on on Saturday Ricky night. Starks, Ricky Starks. Ricky Starks was fucking clean, and I like that he had all black, all black comparatively where like Sonata had all on white. Right. So I like that shit happened all in the same day. So <laughs> it it, gave that shit, it made it even more fucking awesome. So if you were watching both and you saw like, man, these motherfuckers out here styling. So yeah, that was, I don't know. It depends on what you like more. I kind of like the fact that he came out in the all white dog and he made the like baby face running. Right. right. But Ricky Stark was looking sharp. So probably Ricky Stark. Man, Ricky Starks always be looking sharp. Me and um, me and Simi always talk about the way he be dressing, man. He be out there straight up like, yeah, I'm in Florida and I ain't going to wear no socks. I'm going to have on these, you know, these silk shirts and these khaki pants or these dress pants and I'm doing it. Yeah, man, he, he be doing it. So, but for I feel I'm, I'm, I'm aligned with you on this match. It just gets to a point with me with some of this shit. It's just like when you get to a certain point with all the bullshit, it kind of just takes me out of it. That's why the Kenta match was so refreshing is because it didn't have, you know, you would expect, okay, Kenta's going to beat Tanahashi. Okay, he's going to have some bullshit. Somebody's going to come out here and, and, and help him or he's going to do something with somebody's distraction of Tanahashi or something. But that's what made that match so refreshing and so, um, I guess, so good is because it was just a straight-up match. They didn't need it. And Jay White, even they don't need all that. I mean, I know Gato likes to book the heat for the heat of it, but – you know he, he got a he's done this for a whole year now. Okay, so when we come back out of Wrestle Kingdom, he needs to go to a different page in his booking formula for the Bullet Club. Or maybe just have only one person do that shit on the show. Yeah, there you go. No, don't, don't have mo- don't have multiple similar fuck fuckery finishes and have it. Be back to back, <laughs> like, like the Jay White shit wasn't that. I ain't mind that. The evil shit. Oh my god, I'm, I'm <laughs> get that shit out of here. Like, no more evil and Naito single matches in 2021, please, please, no more evil and, and Naito 
Like that's the only thing about the like pandemic. matches. No more of those matches during the year. That's the only thing about Next, the pandemic please. that's hurt. Please. New Japan and how their normal recipe goes is they've had to go back to the well to these matches far more often than they normally would have during a regular year. You know, they, they might yeah, have wrestled but... three times, but they but they would have wrestled like, you know, once a season and not like three, you know, three months back to back. It would have been like a big break in between the matches. This ain't this ain't like in 2017 where Ishii and Kenny was wrestling each other and that shit. All them joints was bangers. Right. <laughs> this this ain't the same thing, bro. No man, that and that was that was kind of missing for me on this. Um, I, the the tag team titles weren't on this. The junior tag team yeah. titles weren't on this. Didn't have any yeah. Ishii. It was really a, a really you know streamlined show. Um. A power struggle was, you know, due to the COVID, I'm sure they, you know, trying to take into consideration time and not having people be in, you know, closed in spaces for four and five hours like we would normally have uh, if this was a normal year. So, uh, you know, some things get cut or don't get featured as often. But um, and I guess also with the tag league coming up, it's probably really no reason to kind of maybe extend that out. But I was hoping to at least see Taichi on this card with Zack Sabre Jr. go up against somebody. I really like I knew they wasn't that I knew they wasn't gonna do that once they put those matches as main events on the road to show. So I knew it wasn't gonna be no title matches. So like right. if you want to tag title matches, you would have you had to go watch the like road to Yeah, joints. I did watch the first night where Kanamaru and Desperado defended against Bushi and um Hiromu. I thought that was really good. I still haven't watched that one. I still haven't watched that one. Yeah, that was really good. That was really, really good, man. It just sucks that when you see Bushi in the match, you already know what's going to happen, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he always takes the pinfall because yeah. that's just how it goes. Yeah, that's um, But I like, like, how do we feel about how they get gotten to, like, um, Wrestle Kingdom? Because they, they put Bushi through all that shit. Have him lose his shot. Jay be like, nah, dog. I'm not I I'm not gonna wrestle on the first, the fourth. But if you wanna go wrestle somebody on the fourth, I'm fine with it, night so I'm just gonna chill here on the fifth. Even how they did that shit was kinda weird, but yeah. I it's like his whole thing is I'm gonna chill out and let you do what you do on that first night and I'm gonna pick the bones the next night. Mm-hmm. But then they didn't even leave like Abushi to hang out in the breeze. They like, oh dog, you you know what? You're gonna face me at, at the dome on the four. Like you could have like you could have you could have stretched that out, fuck with like the fans a little bit more. And let that let let him lose that 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 stipulate lose that briefcase and make him feel like make him and the and the fans feel like shit for a while. Then switch then be like, oh no, you thought he wasn't gonna be there. Nah, nah, nah. Well what I thought was if it was gonna be any of that, that they would have had that match on the fourth. Where it's like, you know, it's a risky proposition for Kota Ibushi to put up his briefcase one day before, you know, the match that he would be promised. And then they screw him, have everybody have like just bummed out of money and then come back on the fifth and just have Jay White be the biggest heel in the company. Have everybody against him. That makes sense. That also makes sense with like a theory. Some people feel that like. The best of Super Juniors winner of that tournament is probably going to face the Super J winner on night one. 
And then whoever wins that faces the champion on night two or the dome. That's at least the theory that's out there. Okay. Yeah, because they got to come up with two championship matches. Um, they've got one. But having, them belts, having them belts combined causes like issues like this. Right, right, right. Well, I mean, that was Naito's deal, though. He, he said he wanted to be, you know the double champ and not only represent the intercontinental champion, but the heavyweight champion at the same time. So it's not like he's, you know, it could separate it out where it'd be like, Hey, okay, on the fourth, I'm gonna put up the intercontinental title against Abushi, And then on the fifth, I'm gonna put up the heavyweight title against Jay. You know, they could roll it like that if they wanted to, but you know what I'm saying? They, they're just yeah. stuck on both of these titles being a package. And when he comes out, he defends them both. But he hasn't necessarily defended one and then the other, which would be a cool little mix-up to the way that things have been going, too. And with how they book it, it ain't no guarantee that Bushi beats Naito. Right. 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 There's no guarantee. So everything says that Bushi's going to go to Dome, beat both people, flip what he did last year where he didn't beat, win any of his fucking matches, mm-hmm. and walk out of the champ. And be the double champ. Yeah. And get revenge on fucking Jay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. This may be like coming into it, the Kota Ibushi redemption. You know, like everybody wants him on top and he's headed like he's going to get on top. Well, no, that's not giving what they want. Let's make it feel like he ain't going to get it. So then when we come back around to it, he does surprisingly get it. Everybody's like, oh, my gosh, it was so great. That was a great story they told. Kota Ibushi came out of the depths of, you know, not having anything going on at Wrestle Kingdom to now at the end of the weekend, he's the double champion. So I think part of the, I think part of the reason that they hot shot at all this, too, is they really, really probably need to, like, get as many people in them dome shows because they don't know how much longer they're not going to be able to like do full capacity like you don't know how much longer you're going to be able to do like how long you're going to keep these this certain level of capacities for events right so you need those two days to help like fund you through the year i guess right so they need they need to like they 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 need to get a sellout for both nights or get close to it. Hopefully, so, um, you know, in Japan, you know, they've been a lot more cautious and a lot more serious on how they've um, dealt with the virus. So hopefully, mm-hmm. even though, you know, you're starting to hear about especially more cases here in America and more cases in England. Um, but hopefully you haven't really heard a lot of things about increases in China and Japan. So maybe they're a little bit closer to getting back to where they can have 75, 80% capacity with their fans. And that may be what they're kind of maybe looking at heading into the dome and heading into next year. It's like, okay, let's get it set up. So the biggest fan favorite we got all around the whole territory is Kota Ibushi. So let's get it set up. So when the fans finally do get a chance to come back and they can cheer and they can go full throttle that we give them the guy that they want. And we made it hard on them. And, it, and it, the story is it looked like it wasn't going to happen, and then it does. And now here you guys all are able to cheer him and give him all his accolades as we start 2021 going forward. Yeah. And I don't even know what the hell is going to go with fucking Naito in 2021. 
I don't even know how his year going to shape out. Yeah, man. He could be back down in the, uh, you know, just a faction war, uh, you know, where he was a couple of years ago where, you know, there was just a round robin of the factions and he could be just caught up in that. Yeah, that's a good question, man. You know, the Booker man over there has got a lot on his plate uh, coming up in mm-hmm. a very short time because starting on the 15th of November in a couple of days, the best of the Super Juniors begins along with the World Tag League. So our participants for this year's Best of the Super Juniors, we got Taji Ishimori, El Desperado, Kanemaru, Taka, uh, Hiromu Takahashi, Taguchi, Master Wato, Sho, Robbie Eagles, Bushi, and Doki. And who so, is the, who is the, who's the champion? Is it Hiromu? Taji Ishimori is still the champion right now. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He beat Hiromu. That's right. Yeah, he's been gone so long, you, you forgot, right? <laughs> right. So, in the Battle of the Best of, Junior, Best of Super Juniors Tournament, I wonder, Don, who you got? Ooh, let's see. Um, It is hard not to pick Hiromu in this. But you know what? I'm going to go out on the limb and say show. I was like, I want Hiromu to win too. That's my favorite choice. But I was like, man, I love show. <laughs> I would love, I I love me some show. I would love to see him be in that spotlight too. And yeah, I'm just so happy to have Hiromu and Desperado back in the tournament. And I'm glad Robbie Eagles is coming back. Just, I'm just, it's like, did you, I love me some junior. So they get in the spotlight. It's about to get really, really fun and. Oh man, like the night where they're gonna have Desperado versus Kanemaru and Hiromu versus Bushi, man. It's so many fucking cool matches. And then you see Doki talking shit to fucking Robbie Eagles and Robbie Eagles was like scoreboard, my nigga. <laughs> <laughs> and Doki like, fuck you. <laughs> Yo, I love the juniors. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. Uh also, like I said. The World Tag League is uh, set to start as well. It's going to take place uh, November 15th, starting and ending on December 11th. So our entrants in the World Tag League are our defending champions, Juice Robinson and David Finley. They were the winners last year. I know that seemed like so long ago. But, yes, Finn Juice, it would be good to see David Finley. I think I saw him on a um, New Japan Strong episode that I watched, so it was cool to see uh, David Finley back in the mix. The Dangerous Techers, Zack Sabre Jr. and Taichi, the current IWGP Tag Team Champions are going to be in the mix. Uh, we're going to have the Gorillas of Destiny returning, Tama Tonga, Tonga Loa. This is going to be their first appearance back in New Japan uh, since the pandemic. So excited to see uh, what Tama Tonga is going to add to the Bullet Club and uh, kind of what he feels been going on with Jay White and Evil and all this because, you know, it's time for Tama Tonga to speak. Uh, we're going to have Toa Hanare and Hiroshi Tanahashi teaming up together for the second year in a row. Uh, mm. Goto and Yoshihashi. Are in the mix. They'll never give up. They never want to give us Ishii and Goto as a tag team. God damn it! That's because Ishii. I mean, Yoshihashi and, and Goto's—they were really, they really good as a tag team. But you're not giving the people what they want. Because Ishii is teaming up with Yano, 
uh, for this year's tag league. We're going to have Shingo Takagi and Sonata teaming together. Evil. Fashion Kyle Sonata. Yes. Evil and uh, Yujiro are going to team together. Bad Luck Fale and Chase Owens. Chase Owens is back. Fale is coming back. So they're going to be a team. And then your last team in the uh, tournament is going to be the Great Ocon versus a mystery partner. Hmm. I already know the rumors of who that's supposed to be. Who you got? Um, Who's the rumor? For this tournament? Yeah. No, no, no. The rumor. The rumor. Jeff Cobb. Oh, okay. So they're going so he's gonna be the, the third member of the Empire, huh? That's what it's looking like. Hmm. That's an interesting choice. But I guess you do need a heavy though. Yep. You got the wrestler and Will, the main event attraction guy. You got the pinfall guy in the Great Ocon, and then you got the heavy in Jeff Cobb. Oh, that's a good that's a good uh that's a good formula right there for them. Mm-hmm. Now so who do you have in the in the tournament as far as the winner? I'm trying to look at the tournament and try to figure out who in the tournament can beat Shingo and get a title shot at the dome. That's what I'm trying to figure out. Mm. Ishi. I don't know if they're gonna go back to that. I mean think of somebody. Who think of somebody who's a, who's a big name that's in the tournament that ain't got no program going in the dome? Oh yeah, the ace. Yup, that that's one of the prime prime persons that it will be interesting because we've I, I've never seen Tanahashi challenge for that title. Right, and it's a different type of you know match structure for that title too. That's the more of the hard hitting, striking, mm-hmm. you know, tough man title. Mm-hmm. So that definitely yep. change of pace for Tanahashi, who's just so smooth and you know so flawless when he gets in there in the ring. Uh, 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 go ahead. I just I just would like to know what type of hair products he uses. Man, he got some major hair. I don't know. I don't know how he's doing that shit. Like my hair ain't like that. He in his forties. I'm like, I ain't. I'm I'm younger than him, but my hair my hair ain't like that no. Okay. I could never do. Yeah, like it's amazing. Yeah, he he the man on that front. Um, I, I it, it it should be Tanahashi or probably Ishii that probably could make it make it probably be the ones that like pin Shingo or something. Come on, I'm trying to figure out. Like, do you think we're going to get Evil versus Sonata at the Dome? Hmm. Because Evil ain't got... Neither one of them got anything to do right now. But Sonata's never really acted like he wanted to wrestle Evil or fight Evil or he was even mad that he turned on him or isn't, you know, turned on L.I.J. It's like the, he's like the one person who doesn't seem that upset by it. Hiromu seemed more upset than Sonata did. Yeah, you're right, but don't... Hiromu and Sonata... Like Hiromu and... um. Evil or young lions at the same time, so oh, okay. it's a different type of relationship too. I got you. I got you. Yeah, yeah. I and, mean, that would be fun. It's not a character is just not that fiery, like dude. Right, so right, right. That's another thing. So he's he 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 came out dressed exactly like his character is on uh, Power Struggle. All mm-hmm. white, no 
don't touch me. I'm not here to get too physical. <laughs> I'm going to do just enough, though, <laughs> to let y'all know I was here. And look at my shoes. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, we're- I'm higher. I'm higher on Sonata than other people, but sometimes he having me like, I don't know, bro. Yeah, we're- but, but I don't know who can, like, I don't think they're going to do heel versus heel at the, um, I don't think they're going to do that at the Dome for their tag, tag titles. I don't think G.O.D. has ever won um, the tag league, too. That, that's making me think they're going to win it. Because they've but, always been the champions. Uh, like the last yeah, two but they've been close to winning two champions, though. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. I, could see, I could see them winning it for the first time, but I don't... I think they want to do heel versus face, and if you want to do heel versus face, it should be Finn Juice, right? That should be the choice. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're the they're the most established uh, tag team on the babyface side of things. Let's see. Let me go mm-hmm. back through here. Everybody else is kind of a mashup. Um, you know, yeah. Everybody else is really a mashup. That's the only true besides. There's three main tag teams in this. There are the Finn Juice, Dangerous Techers, Gorillas of Destiny. Then everybody else is a mashup. So, yeah, you would figure that it would be either Finn Juice or Gorillas of Destiny just due to the chemistry and being a full-time tag team. Mm-hmm. So, it's kind of like, it's kind of fun because I can't say for sure who's going to win. Yeah, like, man. everything everything feels like, I don't know, like, I don't, I, it's between those two teams winning to me. I don't know. Yeah, it's going to be interesting um, to, to see how they pull this off. I am going to be inundated in wrestling for the next three weeks uh, when it comes to Survivor Series, um, NXT, WWE, uh, New Japan, AEW. Yeah, it's not going to be much room for, for anything else. Uh, coming up here, you gonna make room for watching the Redskins. You know you gonna make- oh, well, yeah, yeah, the yeah. Washington yeah, Football yeah, Team. Yeah, that's on. Yeah, that'll be on Sundays. That's only one day. I was just about to say. Thankfully, there's only like one real sport going on right now, so it makes it a little bit easier to kind of uh, navigate this. But uh, yeah, so I think uh, to start off with, the best of the Super Juniors are gonna be like two days back to back, then have like an off day or two. So you'll probably be hearing from me and Anwar. Uh, a lot more frequently coming up over the next month as we try to watch these shows and, and, and review them in the days where they have the break. So we'll kind of stay more current than we usually are during these tournaments. That's you and Terry's boy doing that tag me, buddy. You already claimed that. Luckily, I have until the 19th to, uh, to well, yeah, well, hold on, 16th. Looks like the 16th. Looks like I have one day. Oh, no, there's a match here on the 15th that I'll have a chance to uh, to get with Terry's boy on the tag league. So, yeah, you're going to be hearing a lot of episodes of Cast of Strong Style over the next month <laughs> or so uh, between Anwar and Terry's boy. So we'll be uh, getting that set up. And, yeah, I'll be taking a lot of notes and staying up late and staying up and getting up early. Uh, to watch these matches but uh, it's going to be a lot of fun though because uh, I really enjoy Best of Super Juniors I think that um, it it doesn't have quite the prestige that the G1 Climax has but I think that per match per match per match per match basis you get you know 
just banger after banger after banger after banger in the best of the Super Juniors. Whereas, you know, the G1 Climax, after guys get beat up a little bit and start slowing down some, matches don't hit quite as well just because the attrition. But in the sprint that the best of the Super Juniors is, uh, these guys really get a chance to kind of showcase it and and go all out. And then um, also, the very last day of the best of the Super Juniors is going to be the Super J Cup or the next yeah that's going to be um like the 13th of December I believe right yes i think so let's see it, who you think doing that i'm about to see who we got coming it's going to be on December the 12th and uh we got Leo Rush, TJP, ACH, Chris Bay, um El Fantasmo, Clark Connors um Blake Christian, uh, Ray Horse, who I'm really excited to see. Leo Rush are going to make up the uh, tournament members. They're going to have a one-night tournament. Best uh, uh, Super J Cup. Um, who do I think is going to win? I'm partial to El Fantasmo. Uh, just because I think he's going to yeah I think he's going to win too <laughs> just because um I really like his heel work and I think that he was one of the guys who was really starting to find himself before the pandemic hit and it's kind of you know kind of stalled him uh this year by not being able to you know get over to Japan and continue his run um uh, but I'm really excited to see um what Chris Bay uh Leo Rush and what ACH uh bring uh, to this tournament. I'm um, glad to see that ACH, you know, got his head back on straight and he's kind of, uh, you know, back in the wrestling business in a place that I thought, you know, works a lot better for him uh, in Japan. Uh, just, to, you know, the respect factor that he had there from the fans and the people in the back. Um, I've never seen Blake Christian wrestle before. I don't know anything about him. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see him and how, what he produces. I've heard a lot of things about Chris Bay leading up to this. Uh, Mo to the underscore Reese uh, over on the raw cast is real high on him because he, he watches he watches Impact pay-per-views and he likes him a lot. Uh, Ray Horse is a guy that I'm really looking forward to from uh, ROH. I've seen a few of his matches. He's really, really good. And then, oh, Leo Rush. You know, getting back in the game uh, after his, you know, um, disgruntledness with uh, WWE. It's good to see Leo Rush um, back in action. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to that, man. That's going to be a fun one night. And um, if it comes down to the Super J Cup winner up against the best of Super Junior uh, winner at the Dome, that would be a lot of fun. That would be really a lot of fun. I think if we're... If you're doing heel versus face, it'll probably be Il Fantasmo versus like Hiromu. But it would be it would be somewhat interesting if maybe as an upset ACH got through and it would be versus Hiromu. That'd be an interesting match too. It's a lot of different possibilities. I like I like how like that tournament is more like the old school tradition where they would invite people from different companies mm-hmm. in the tournament. And and you would have like fresher matches, newer matches. So I, I I really like that part of that tournament. And yeah, I I'm pretty sure we're gonna see El Fantasmo versus um Corona. Yeah, yeah. Um too bad that um, you know, like AEW couldn't send Pac 
for this one night thing. That would have been cool, man, since he's really yeah. hasn't had a chance to do anything this year. And uh, he would fit right in with this group of guys that they've got uh, for this year's uh, Best of Super Juniors. But, you know. Yeah, yeah. Pac would have been good. Uh, that would have been a great that was a great addition, you know. Yeah, but, you know, you got to, you know, everybody doesn't play with each other in the wrestling sandbox, doesn't play well with each other in the wrestling sandbox. So, they got still got, That's true. It's got some things to work out between, you know, AEW and New Japan before we can maybe start seeing a little bit more crossover for things like this. But I'm excited for what's coming up here uh, to finish out the year. Like I said, uh, Best of the Super Juniors, World Tag League, Super J Cup, and that's all going to come lead us right into the Tokyo Dome. Uh, so if you're a fan of your big-time players in New Japan, this is a chance where they get to take a break kind of rest up, get ready for the Tokyo Dome so everybody will be fresh and ready to go. And then your tag teams and your uh, light heavyweights now have the spotlight. And uh, they're going to carry us into the Dome for the rest of this year. So uh, that's what's upcoming for Castle Strong Style. Uh, so be on the lookout for our more frequent shows and uh, just going through these tournaments and uh, dissecting matches. Hopefully we get some five stars out of these matches. I'm pretty sure we will. Especially best of the Super Juniors, they tend not to disappoint. World Tag League, though, that could end up being a chore uh, some nights more than others. That's all you. Yeah, man, I'm here for it. I mean, you know, anybody who knows me, I'll tell them that New Japan, that is my guilty pleasure. So I'm going to get a gut full of it. Uh, over the next uh, six weeks or so. So I'm, I'm ready to take it all in, embrace it, and um, and see what they give us, man. This is the, kind of the, the good time of the year for them. Um, just because, like I said, a lot of their major stars get a chance to uh, get this, you know, month and a half to kind of be in these big multi-man tag matches, don't take as much punishment, and get a reset with the G1 and the Tokyo Dome being so close to each other than they've ever been. Um, you know, they definitely needed it. All right, Mr. Anwar Starwin, I'm going to turn it over to you, sir, for your final comments, shout-outs, and thank yous. Shout-out to you for everything you do at the network and on this podcast. Um, shout-out to the big homie Jupiter Julep. Shout-out to What Sleep Doe and Madame Lizette. And shout out to the the Ace and Wade and Terry's boy, and shout out to everyone who listens and takes the time and download this. I appreciate you. And all right, we 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 here. We're here now. We're we're in the end game now. Yeah, we are. Yeah, we are. I'd like to give a big shout out to Mr. Anwar Starwin once again for joining me here for this episode of Cast a Strong Style. Definitely enjoy chopping it up with you. You can hear more of Anwar Starwin over on the Dark Match, over on the Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash CSPN Media. Become a patron, sign up to our $3 or $5 tier, and you'll get the exclusive content that can only be found over on the Dark Match pre and post show conversations from a lot of the shows that we record here on the CSPN and also our weekly AEW Dynamite review with Miss Simi that we call The Dark Match. Also, CSPN.us, click on the tab that says Keep Our Podcast Free. Click on that tab, do some shopping through Amazon or any of those sponsors to help keep Cast a Strong Style free each and every time that we record and produce it. So please support the podcast and the network. 
through those various means. Uh, shout out to everybody who leaves the hashtag to talk about New Japan Pro Wrestling. Uh, everybody who listens to the podcast, downloads the podcast, we definitely appreciate it. Thank you to Terry's boy. Uh, I'll be chopping it up with him a lot in the upcoming months. Uh, so definitely looking forward to that, getting his insight on the World Tag League. Shout out to Madame Lizette. We're going to have her definitely be a part of our Tokyo Dome review uh, in January. Can't wait to talk to her. Shout out to Jupiter Julep and Sleep Doe. And just, like I said, everybody who uses the hashtags uh, that we have throughout the WrestleCast Network, we definitely appreciate you guys supporting us, listening, and chopping it up, and sharing your commentary with color. So for my co-host, Mr. Anwar Starwin, I'm your host, Don DeLorente, and this has been Cast of Strong Style. Cast, cast of Strong Style. Strong style. Strong style. Strong style.